Ladies and gentlemen. been about a year, a little bit over a year now actually, um, of changes in professional wrestling and my personal life and a lot of things. But we're talking about wrestling on this show, not usually our personal life. Um, really? And really? Really? Seriously? <laughs> we talk about our personal lives all the damn time. And I Sorry, didn't, didn't, didn't mean to cut into your intro there, but come on. <laughs> I mean, you know, all in happened and... Um, you know, before that MLW happened, NWA has been taking hold, Impact has been taking hold, um, Ring of Honor had some decent stuff, NJPW's had some great stuff. So, I mean, this has been a year where WWE, which is which had been kind of downtrending for me anyway, is completely on the back burner in favor of all these other wrestling promotions. You know, there's just paradigm shifts all over the place, including Mr. Paradigm Shift, of course, uh, John Moxley abandoning WWE and a huge money contract to join AEW. But maybe the greatest paradigm shift I've ever seen happened on Saturday Saturday night, a Saturday night super fight, when, um, of course, now, I, uh, now I'm, I'm blinking on his name, but the leader of Contra Unit had a chance to throw a fireball in, right in the face of L.A. Park and help his man on to victory, help Fatu keep his championship, but instead, in a move that made Jeff's son and myself just stand up clapping and cheering, and Jeff just laugh his ass off when he was already standing up, he threw the fireball right in the face of the goddamn referee. And you know what? It might be the greatest thing I've ever seen. I, I'm going to stand right there with you. That was one of the best things I have ever seen, and I wish more people would have done that. I can't believe nobody's ever thought of that before. That was just an amazing moment to top off an amazing match. Yeah. It was a, it was a great match. It was a, it was a great night of wrestling. Uh, a match that Jeff and I had, you know, we had talked about going into it was a match that neither one of us was really looking forward to. You know, we had our minds changed, and I told Jeff afterwards we shouldn't have doubted L.A. Park because he always delivers on the big stage. Well, the thing about L.A. Park is that, yes, he's delivered. Yes, he's been, you know, uh, great for what 25 26 years yeah but the last time i really watched a match by him and thought oh my god that's one of the best things i've ever seen was some of his stuff in uh in wcw and i even told you on saturday night my greatest memory of la park was when ddp dressed up as him to diamond cutter scott hall you know it it la park to me has always been one of those guys who i've never really gotten into the way that i maybe should have but the way that man wrestled on on saturday night sold me on him and i am a fan of his going forward there's no question 
what he was able to pull off and to do it with a guy of Jacob Fatu's ability and charisma and just to stand there toe-to-toe and deliver the way that he did, that was an amazing match. Just that easily was the match of the night. You know, if we had time, it almost makes you want to go back and watch some of the stuff from CMLL to see how much we missed over the years. Exactly, because, I mean, if you think about it, L.A. Park, he had his run in WCW, then he was gone. Next time we saw him was 2018 in um, in MLW, and he was never near this, the guy that we thought he would be, or that we that you know we expected. And when I remember saying when he run when he won the battle riot that this man does not uh, deserve this. He's just not not a good man or not a good. Good wrestler, <laughs> and I didn't. I, I sorry, is <laughs> a little distracted. No, I just. I he's not a. He was not a guy that I would have picked at the top of my list of being a great wrestler, and I did not think he was deserving. I thought that was a bad way for them to go. But the match that man put on with Fatu, I I just I can't deny him anymore. I just can't. Don't be distracted. Just put the phone away and tell her to shut up for an hour. Uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, yes, I did. I just did. I actually legitimately just did. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, I think L.A. Park, I think the problem with me winning, with me for him winning the Battle Royal riot, I should say, was simply that, you know, he's part of the old generation. So it's, it's not something that, you know, was exciting to me because I would much rather have had, you know, a younger talent win it like Tom Waller, you know, and right. challenge for that championship. And then, of course, when it was going to be heel, and it was, in fact, who had beaten Lawler for the championship, and L.A. Park, you know, was seizing that first opportunity to, or that opportunity to, to wrestle for the first time on pay-per-view in a world championship fight for MLW. And I'm going to say fight because they call their matches fights, which is awesome. Um, it, it just wasn't something that resonated with, I think, either of us just because, First of all, we, we hadn't followed CMLL, so we haven't really followed L.A. Park's career much, or since, it, you know, WCW folded, as far as I can remember. Um, and, and, you know, and also because, you know, he's, he looks like he's out of shape, he's old. Um, you know, it's, this is 2019, so it should be about the new blood going forward. But I think, you know, like you said, L.A. Park, like, proved his place there. Um, he wrestled, you know, beyond his years, and... Um, you know, this has also been a year, I guess, for, you know, wrestlers to kind of come back, come out of, um, you know, retirement and, and be something. Because, I mean, we also have seen that with, um, fuck, I am not having a good time, good time with wrestlers' names tonight. Um, but, Which promotion? Know, the guy in ROH. The, the Canadian oh, um, monster. Yeah, uh, PCO. PCO. You know, and, and I know he's basically just a bump machine, whereas, you know, Ellie Park was actually, like, giving a lot in this match. And, of course, Dustin Rhodes in that fantastic match against Cody earlier this year. Chris Jericho's had a career renaissance over the last 18 months or so. You know, I mean, it's just been um, a oh. nice of these older generation guys that, I mean, you know, we, we criticized WWE so much when they would bring back the old guys for the WrestleMania spots and stuff. But it was because those guys deserve it. You know, and they, they were they, only part time. They were part-time. they were there. Yeah, they were there for one match. They didn't earn their spot. I mean, they came in like Triple H comes in has a match against the top guy in the company, Seth Rollins. What did he do? Just because he used to mentor him with 
LA Park and PCO and you know these guys that have really kind of made mark again after being 25 30 years since we've really respected them in the wrestling ring they've gone back and earned it PCO had some runs in MLW and the independence where it was like oh my god this is a bump machine but the fact that he is a five-year-old man putting his body through that is just astonishing. You know, and maybe people like RVD and uh, Sabu and Rhino and uh, I guess I can't say Rhino. Rhino's not that old, is he? Uh, he's mid-40s. Yeah, I mean, he's early 40s. So it's not like he's a super old guy yet. But you've got all these other guys and even Rey Mysterio and WWE. You know, he's gone out there, and this is a guy who is way older than should be able to perform at the level they are, and they're proving themselves. They're not just walking into a match against the top guy. They are proving themselves. They're earning their positions, and L.A. Park has done that over the last couple of years in MLW, even though... To me, he's been like, okay, why am I watching this guy? Why is he so good? Why, why is he the, the number one contender? He took everything, every criticism that I had against him. And I mean, you and I, wouldn't, and, and Jacob even, my son, when we were watching this match, we all said the same thing. Why? This is going to be a squash match. And then five minutes in, we're like, holy shit, this is a great match. And then 10 minutes in, we're like, what the hell were we thinking? How did we think he wasn't going to be able to pull this off and then by the time that finish came we were sold in on on the fact that he could legitimately not only win this but carry the title that's how great his performance was yeah and, and like i said he really gave a lot in that match because i mean it, was, it wasn't just you know his great wrestling but he was selling a lot in that match you know his his, his face was not his face but his mask was well his face was ripped because his mask was ripped and, you know, he was displaying his face for the first time that I'd ever seen. You know, I don't know if it ever happened in Mexico, but, I mean, he wasn't unmasked, but his mask was ripped. And we could see, you know, a great portion of his face. And he was out there, you know, bleeding, bleeding. And you could see, like, the determination on his face. It was, it was really a great performance by him. And then, I mean, by everybody in the match, really. I mean, I mean Selena De La Renta took, I think, probably her first bump ever. And it was, like, a massive one through a table. By, uh, and she sold by it like Park. she's... She sold it like a queen. Yeah. I, the fact that she did not move a muscle for three to four minutes was amazing. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. And, 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 okay. and you know, you were right there when I volunteered to go, to go out there and help her give her mouth to mouth. Well, yeah, I think we both volunteered that multiple times. Yeah. I think even Jacob volunteered that once. Could be. Which, made me so, which made me so proud of my son. <laughs> um, okay we have to say it because it, it's the more i've seen i've thought about this match and i definitely want to go back and watch it again but in our match of the year contenders where do you put this i think it's top five i thought it was that good of a match i thought i mean fatu is just a freak and and I said it during the uh, during the show, and I said it before the show. I don't understand how he is the only one of the NOI family that's not in WWE, especially when all his cousins are. And he went out and had probably a match of the year contender, and LA Park with the way that he performed. 
I seriously, I'm having a hard time keeping this out of the match of the year conversation. Is that because we had such low expectations coming into it, though? Because, I mean, yeah, it was, a, it was great, but it was because I think that, you know, a lot of it's because we weren't expecting it to be that great. And that's a possibility. I don't know if it would. I don't know if it's in, you know, my top five for match of the year. But I mean, it's certainly something when I'll be willing to go back and watch, assuming that we have the time when it's match of the year, you know, discussion time. Well, we're gonna have to compile our matches of the year, but because there's so many of them, but I, it's hard for me to keep it off the list. Maybe not top five. I might have been, you know, overselling it a little bit, but it's very hard for me to keep that off the list. It really, oh. truly is. Well, you know, probably my first, the first match from, well, we'll talk about, you know, I mean, NJPW, probably the first match for me that was in the in the discussion for match of the year was, of course, Jay White versus um, Okada. Okada from Wrestle Kingdom. Yep. Um, and then probably my second match of the year was, and, and, held, and held it for quite a while for me, was... Was Cody and Dustin. No, was Joe Coffey versus Pete Dunne at, oh, yeah. um, at TakeOver Cardiff, I think it was. Um, See, and I still I still like the White Okada match ahead of that, even though I loved what Dunne had did, what Dunne had done. What, why can't he have a different last name? So I can make this sentence mean make sense. <laughs> well, anybody else, anybody else probably wouldn't be able to make the sentence make sense either way. But. Oh, my God. My Why do I like was, you? <laughs> my point was when I think back to Joe Coffey versus Pete Dunne, and I and I think to L.A. Park versus um, Jacob Fatu, I don't think I could put Jacob Fatu versus um, L.A. Park above Coffey versus Dunne. So, so to me, you know, even a match I had like back in January, it's not going to beat. So it probably isn't in my match of the year discussion. Yeah, but what has been better since? I mean, we both kind of agreed on. Um, well, I we both agreed on Dusty versus Coden, Cody. Um, I thought that Cole versus uh, Gargano in the not the two out of three falls match, the one they had after that at Takeover Twenty Five was better. But alt- honestly, well, Jesus, that Jay White Naito match was amazing. And and then we've got a couple. We've got a, you know some Will Osprey matches in there, including yeah, that's true. That um, felt yeah. You're right. You're right. Sinatra, okay, Sinatra you're right. Versus um, Okada, that last one they just yeah, had. But I was but I was going to say Sonata versus Suzuki was one of was my match of the year. You know, for until Dustin versus Cody. I mean, if I were to and rank, that, um, you know, there was that great ladder match at um, at Supercard. Oh, God, there was. Jesus, this is going to be a hard year. Last year, we didn't have this big a problem. And I mean, there was only... And, you know, that same weekend, we had um, we had Matt Taven versus Alex Shelley. Which on, was amazing. Which, which, which was amazing. And then the next night, that triple threat for the North American title between Pete Dunne, Dream, and Roderick Strong. You know, And I, mean, I hate... I hate to throw a couple of mon- monkey wrenches into this, but I know you haven't been watching NXT. You've just been kind of there. Um, my kid took me into watching uh, that horrific match from Crown Jewel with Bray Wyatt and Seth Rollins. And it was an okay match. There was just so many outside things that really brought it down. 
I mean, dramatically brought it down. But then when you um, look at a couple, and then he was like, you know what, let's watch the NXT from, you know, this last Wednesday. And I was like, all right, you know what, fuck it. I, I don't feel like you know, getting you into anything else. Let's let's watch it. There were two matches on NXT, and w- one of which, and not this last Wednesday, but the Wednesday before, one of which that I think could end up being in a match of the year contendership, even though it was a TV match. And I, I kind of want you to watch it just so we can you can kind of see if you, you if you saw what I did. But Roderick Strong versus uh, Dijakovic versus Keith Lee. Okay. Was an a, an amazing match. Another match on that card that was really good, but I don't know if it was you know even top ten. But it was one that literally had me on the edge of my seats. So was Matt Riddle versus Cameron Grimes. Interesting. Both. Both those matches from two weeks ago um, were just amazing. And I'm so glad I got to watch those with my kid because I'm watching them going, look, this is what wrestling is. Forget all everything you see. Forget all the stupidity. Forget all the WWE nonsense. This is wrestling. And it it was, they, they both were that good. And I think they're ones you, you definitely need to go and look and see if you saw what I did. Well, and then, and then let's also talk about, you know, the fact that we had, you know, Brian Cage versus Michael Elgin. We had Sammy Callahan oh, was... versus Tessa Blanchard on the same night. Jesus, um, that match was, yeah, was that probably, was good. Which is probably my second best match of the year right now behind Dustin versus Cody. Um, and then, you know, that was Tessa, I guess, again, Tessa, Sammy won because the second one I didn't think was that great. Um, and then you have... Uh, and then, the, and then the le- most two recent matches between Sammy versus Cage, where they've both been outstanding as well. So, yeah, I, I mean, there's just there's so many, there's so much out there that I just, I really enjoyed L.A. Park versus um, Joseph Fatu. It's probably the best match in MLW history, but I don't know that it's, that I can have it up there in my match of the year. You know, and the surprising thing is, and and like maybe you said it right, maybe we were just we had so low expectations for it because both you and I came into that where like the only thing we really wanted to watch was Austin Aries versus um, uh, versus uh, Teddy Hart, but the fact that there was so much other stuff on there, we're like, okay, yeah, I like this guy, I like that guy, I want to see what Jacob Fatu can do. That. When we watched that match, we came into it and we're like, ah, geez, this couldn't take like 10 minutes. And it ended up being, what, a 25, 30-minute match? And I then, think so, yeah. And it wasn't just the performance by the two wrestlers as far as in the ring. But the way that L.A. Park sold that injury... That uh, I mean, we had that. There was a little bit of uh, a, a little bit of what the hell when um, uh, Fatu had to have the referee distracted. So, uh, um, what's his name? Why can't I think of his name? I know I can never remember the manager guy. <laughs> the, the manager guy. The the. I know, um, I know you're talking about. Yeah, but he had, he had to But when he when he. When he came in to, uh, when he had to get Fatu and Selena De La Renta involved so that he could come and spike La Parca, it was like, why? It's a no DQ match. And, you know, we both had that, but that was really the only misstep in this entire match. The rest of it was amazing selling by both sides. 
you know, they both with LA Park just gushing blood and the fact that he didn't even care. It was it was weird because that's the one thing luchas have always been known for is they gotta hide their face. They've got to hide their face. And how many times did he pull his mask down so that we could see his face just so we could wipe blood out of his eyes? Right. It was such an amazing performance by not only LA Park, but everyone involved. Everybody in this match that it's hard for me to say that it's not a match of the year contender. No, I see, I understand what you're saying. I, I'm just, <coughs> but I just had to, you know, I was just thinking like back through the year and there, there's to me, there's so many matches that I, that I enjoyed more than this one that I just don't know that I'd be able to put it up there. And a lot, and of, like it comes said, to, and a lot of it comes down to just emotional investment. I mean, how much emotional investment did I have in LA park coming in? You know how much emotion I like. I like Joe, I like Jack and Pat too. But I. But how much emotional investment do I have in him versus, um, you know, Sonata or Sammy Callahan or Tessa Blanchard? You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean I I see where you're coming from, and, and it's I I'm gonna have to watch the match again when I'm not taken off guard like I was. I think maybe a lot of my love for it was because it was so different than what I was expecting that maybe I love it a little bit more than I should. But, yeah, that's definitely something that, um, something that I should watch again. Yeah, definitely we should watch it again. You know, and the other thing with it is, is simply that um, there's just so much to it. You know, I mean, there's, uh, there's a lot of great moments in this match. I mean, it, it, was a, it was a great match in general, but then you talk about, you know, the blood dripping down and like you said all the times where he had to pull his mask down to wipe the blood away talk about the two spring springboard somersault planches uh you know back in, back into the ring by you know one by each guy that you didn't think either one of them could do and they both do it um and then like i said then like you know that that spot with the fireball to the referee's face that just was just amazing and then and then that spear where you know so like you said selena de Laurenta took it like a queen and and was just like laid out and looked like she was dead, and that might have spelled the the complete end of Rosiones Delrado. I mean, there was so many things happening in this match that I I mean, definitely it it belongs in the discussion for match of the year. I just don't see how it wins. Is all I'm saying. It's possible, and you know, there was last. I mean, remember when we were doing this last year? We all had we had our top ones picked, and then we went back and watched a couple we thought were on the fringe, and they ended up making it our top fives. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's possible that when we go back and watch it, I might have a whole different feeling on it. It's possible it might actually move up the charts. It's all going to depend. A match that, uh, you know, I think coming in that we, like you said, we both really were looking forward to. I just, you know, I told you, I told you, like, we were watching that, watching on the night that, that I felt like there was some great stuff on the card, but it was just so poorly structured or so weirdly structured to me that I had trouble, you know, getting into a lot of it. And, uh, and one of those things was simply that, um, Teddy Hart defending the middleweight title against Austin Aries was put so early in the card, you know, where I thought that, you know, it should have been the semi-main and instead it was in third position behind the only two tag matches on the, on the night that started the show off. And it was just, it just, it was just like a weird way that it, it seemed like they weren't really um, separating anything out, and it, it, it seemed kind of weird. But still, I do think that Hart and Aries delivered um, just to me with the wrong with the wrong winner. 
Yeah, I agree. Um, I th- I think Austin should have won that match. Um, I was a little disappointed that he didn't. But in a weird way, I kind of get where they're coming from because the only real power faction they have left is is Heart Foundation after the way the Dynasty was punked, and especially MJF. Um, I do agree. I thought that might have been a kind of a rough... <sighs> Austin should have won it. <laughs> I'm just going to leave it at that. I, 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 it was a great match. It was a really great match. I liked Teddy Hart. I felt like there were spots in it, and we even talked about it on Saturday, how there were spots where his selling was a little in, inconsistent. But then he kind of made up for it in the second half of the match. So it, it turned the match around. Austin was his normal self. I mean, he was a magician throughout the entire match. Um, and he, it, he is, he's such an... And I hate to say it because I, I do agree that it's probably his attitude that gets him in trouble everywhere. But, man, that guy is so talented. I wish MLW would give him more mic time. But I also want to see MLW give him more ring time because he is so good in the ring. So, so good. He's only had, what, this was this like his third match, wasn't it? Since right, yeah. The promotion? And he's been in the promotion a couple of months now. And I, you know, we like the fact that they don't overexpose us to people. But this is a guy you need to overexpose us to. I mean, he's in his four, early 40s. He's a generational talent. And he is so, so good at what he does, not only on the mic, but in the ring. This is a guy we definitely need to see more of than we have been seeing. Definitely. And, and, you know, you you wonder, at least I do, if this wasn't the guy to take the middleweight championship from Teddy Hart, who's going to do it? You know, Hart's had had the title for almost a year now, and it's not like there's a plethora of middleweight talent in in the promotion. Well, no, I guess there is actually, because you because you got guys like um, Super, what's his name, Super Loco, uh, Gringo Loco, Gringo Loco, and then you got you know you got and you have all I guess all those guys like, I guess Airwolf would be a good choice actually. Well, and there's so many other guys though too. Like, wouldn't this not be a good time for Injustice to maybe get a title? Throw it on Marlon Reed or Jordan Oliver. Or Jordan, or even Cotto Brazil, for that matter. Cotto Brazil has been so impressive since he's turned heel that it's hard for me to deny that guy, too. You know, and, and one of the things we were talking about, we talked about it a couple of times, is the reason why we like MLW so much is not because of their overall talent, but because of the young talent. Yeah. MJF. Pretty much everybody in Injustice, and of course, uh, Myron Reed to me leads the leads the bunch. But Cota Brazil and Jordan Oliver, Jordan Oliver on Saturday night, maybe it was his new look, maybe it was the fact they went black instead of orange, and he let his hair down without that stupid headband. But I felt like Jordan Oliver put on the best match he ever. Did. I, I've never seen him sell like he did. Somebody told me once, or I, I in an interview where I was. Um, that one of the best part or one of the easiest way to sell is long hair 
because the way that you throw that hair around sells every move so much more. And with with Jordan Oliver being in his normal ponytail and headband, this might have been the best he's looked, not only selling, but everything. Yeah, that's actually a good point. I never thought of that. But yeah, I, I guess I can see like where if your if your long hair is flying around and flowing every place, you're gonna it's gonna look better than a guy with short hair whose whose head's moving around because you're not gonna see as much action. Right, exactly. When you see that hair flying, then remotion, it uh, it makes it look better word for that, I suppose. It looks it makes it look more it makes it look more devastating when you see a guy's head snap back and that hair just flies back. And I think that may have been part of why Jordan Oliver looks so much better than he has normally. Because this really was the first time we've seen him with his hair down. It's hard to tell. But Myron Reed, to me, is a superstar in the making. Of course, I like Teddy Hart and Austin Aries, but they're older guys. Pillman, as much as you hate him, I can't deny the match he had against uh, Teddy Hart. Or, I'm sorry, against Loki. That was an amazing match. Mance Warner is is fun to watch. Alexander Hammerstone could be one of my favorite wrestlers on the planet. And then, of course, Fatu. They have such young, young talent that makes it fun to watch because these are the guys that you're looking at going, okay, he's going to be the next super, superstar. Yeah, and, and, I'm, and I still think, you know, like character-wise – the best guy they got in that promotion is Mance Warner. Character-wise, yeah, I'm not going to disagree with that. Wrestler-wise, I think I do think he's strong in the ring as well. But I mean, he's, you know, he's he's definitely the best character they've got, and, and you know, that's 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 something like that's like really important for, um, you know, like marketing and all that kind of stuff that you that you have a character that you can sell as well. Yeah, and and he's that guy. He is definitely that guy. Um, and I think Hammerstone is another guy who is on the borderline of that character where Mance is this crazy psychopath. I would love to see a program before those, be, between those two, Warner and Hammerstone. I think their styles, their characters, they just are so opposite that they would mesh immensely and would be something I would love to see. I agree, and I, and, I, and I think it's time that, you know, this feud between the Dynasty and the Hart Foundation just ends because it's been going on for so long, you know, and, it, and it's time for, for those guys to step aside and, you know, to step apart from each other and feud with, and have matches with somebody else. You know, now, you know, now that, you know, Hammerstone's defended against both Davey and Pillman successfully, you know, it's probably time to give somebody else a chance against the Dynasty. <laughs> Well, in the way that they successfully wrote MJF off, you know, and and say what you will, the fact that he took an embarrassing clean pin. It wasn't just a clean pin. It was an embarrassing clean pin to the Von Erics. I, I think yeah, see, I'm just, that... I'm just not convinced they're going to write him off, though, because he's still under contract to them. I mean, as far as I know... Is he really? I, I mean, I, I don't know like what, what his contract was, but I know that the only reason he's able to work for... MLW is because of the specific way the contracts are written that you know they wouldn't that um, they wouldn't be able to work for Impact, Ring of Honor, or WWE. And because there was not AEW at the time, he was able to actually work for AEW as well. 
So it's so I don't really know for sure. Yeah, I guess what, I guess when this contract is up, but I mean I wouldn't I would I'm not get, I'm not totally convinced that they've written him off their program because he might still be in contract with them. Yeah, but to have that that embarrassing clean win like that is tough. And I'm a little bit annoyed because, like an idiot, instead of Monday Night Football today, I was like, okay, we do a wrestling show. Let me turn on Raw. And Seth Seth Rollins comes out, and he does his little spiel, and Triple H interrupts him. And then all of a sudden, here comes uh, Undisputed Era. They make their stand, and then the OC comes out. So now, here's our uh, main event. A four-man tag match between Undisputed Era, Seth Rollins, and the OC. Typical raw booking. Seth Sorry. Rollins and the OC are teaming up? Yeah. Well, oh, that was one thing we were going to talk about. You didn't realize Seth Rollins turned heel. But he didn't turn heel because they made him turn heel. He turned heel because he's a dick. And again, he gets on uh, social media and starts running everybody on the planet down. And then he runs down the WWE fans saying how fickle they are and how uh, they don't understand what good good TV is. And uh, the only reason that, uh, that they are um, cheering, booing him is because he's become so popular and, and you know, they, you know, they don't get it. So it, turned heel again? I I don't know if he's turned heel heel or if he's just turned kind of heel because well that's the fans are booing him. Oh. But well, the fact that he I, I, just I guess, got I, I guess it doesn't really matter to me either way, but and Zack Ryder, Zack Ryder just came and made a save. All right, I got to shut this shit off cuz this is awful. When Zack Ryder is making a save, it's it's done. <laughs> I'm done with it. Well, Let's you know, turn on Monday Night Football. I am, I, I am first of all, no, because football sucks. Secondly, um, football does not suck. Football is awesome. Incorrect. Um, ah, fuck. But anyway, my point was going to be, before you so rudely interrupted about, with your football nonsense, is that sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry. I, I had actually, I had actually, uh, you know, read something on Twitter this weekend about how NXT um, invaded SmackDown this past Friday and that immediately made me not want to watch NXT anymore. I, I mean, I, I know they probably did it. I, I know that probably thinking they're probably hoping for other um, responses in that. Like, Oh, if, if NXT's on the main shows, that'll mean, that'll mean that'll help NXT win the Wednesday night war and more people will be excited because WWE talent is on NXT. No, that's not the, that's not the answer for it because the more WWE talent that's on NXT the more I'm not going to care about it. And, yeah. And and well and well yes I'll I'll go back and watch the matches you were you were telling me about that Jacob got, convinced you to watch and that were great you know I'll definitely I'll definitely do that you know because uh, because I I you know I'm going to I'll accept your opinion on those and give them a shot but it makes me you know I ar- I had already kind of basically decided that NXT wasn't going to get my time over you know the other promotions out there but this just reinforces that opinion that why would I want to get one to vote time. If, you know, to, to them, if they don't even have, have faith in their own show. Exactly. And and I agree with that. And the only reason I even bought into these matches is because it, um, it was NXT versus NXT talent. Um, I felt like they put on great ma- a, a great match. And it, had it been 
Daniel Bryan showing up against uh, uh, Keith Lee, I probably wouldn't have said a thing. Because you know what you're getting out of Daniel Bryan. You know that's a great match. But the fact that these were guys that, as an indie fan or even as a NXT fan, you know we're going to get greatness out of these guys. And the fact that they were able to put on the matches that they were, I, like, I will rarely recommend a match to you because you usually see the same stuff I do. But the fact that this was as good as it was, I had to throw that out there. Had to. Yeah, and I wanted to see it. It's just that, you know, trying to fit it in with everything else I was watching, it was kind of difficult. But, I mean, as far as the MLW goes, I and I, I hate to bring it back to this, I just felt like that it was a great show. I felt like the pay, the pre-show was great. I felt like the... Um, the main show was great. It was definitely worth the twenty bucks. Um, granted, there was a little little bit here and there where I could have been like, eh, "I could have done without that." But all in all, I felt like this was a great pay per view. It had some great matches, some surprising matches, some things I never thought I'd see again. And those announcers were on point the entire night. You know, Rich Bokini. I've not heard him be good with anybody but Jim Cornette. And to have this new guy in the booth who I'd never heard before, all of a sudden these two are meshing and, and really getting along and getting off one-liners, I thought it was a great performance all the way around. Granted, the basketball hoops in the background and the gym floor could have been covered a little better, but all in all, this was a great pay-per-view by them. Yeah, but you and I have also said before we don't care about how a show looks; we care about the wrestling on the show, and and of course, you know the way the announcers announce the show. And and yeah, you're right; they were getting some great one-liners. You know, my my favorite one I told you was one that you actually had missed because you had stepped outside for a moment. But uh, was when Rich McKinney said that uh, Gringo Loco said about Gringo Loco that uh, his back teeth are now his or his front teeth are now his back teeth. I don't know. The Jimmy Havoc line might have been my favorite. <laughs> Which one was that again? The, uh, uh, you know, last Thursday was Halloween. Or, you know, we're oh, just right. coming off Halloween. Right. But to Jimmy Havoc, that's just Thursday. <laughs> I thought exactly. that was phenomenal. They, they had so many good lines between those two that it was really hard to to pick my favorite. But, God, they those two meshed so well together that I don't want to see Cornette or... Um, Shivani back in the back in the well, Cornette's not coming back, but I don't want to see Shivani back. I just want to see these two continue together because they've been so good lately. And then this pay per view, the way they played off each other, was just amazing. Absolutely well, really, amazing commentary. State, they probably you know they probably shouldn't have Tony come back. No, you know, and, and I yeah because I, mean, I mean the more you work together, the more you're going to mesh, and the more you're going to you're going to be you know uh, better you know. More, more, yeah, more on the same page, all that jazz. And they were, I mean, both of them got their one-liners off, and they were both hysterical with their one-liners. So right. I'm okay with keeping the, this this current. And I, I wish I knew who that guy was. I really do, because uh, all, all I know him as, is as AJ, just because he's been around for a couple of weeks since they went to Mexico. But, yeah, he's definitely, him and Bokini make a good team together. Really good team. They do, yeah. I, I have no idea what his name is either, so I can't help you there. But uh, anything else on this one? Because we don't have a whole lot of time left, and we got other things to touch on. You're right. We do not. Um, no, I, I would just recommend people te- people check it out, and I'm looking forward to seeing 
you know, where they go from here after after this pay-per-view. And oh, and, and the one thing they, they did announce that was that's really exciting is that they're going to actually have a live um, show on Thanksgiving available on YouTube and BN Sports, and I believe on the Fight Network all on the same night. Which is really cool for those of us fans that have been around since the 80s. Because, I mean, the 80s, mid-90s, all from the mid-80s to the mid-90s, we had Survivor Series. That was always our Thanksgiving night thing. And I guess well, it's been well, so long. Starcade started on Thanksgiving as well. Yeah, it did. You're right, it did. So, you know, and now it's been, what, 20 years since they've really had anything on Thanksgiving night? Yeah. So it's kind of a cool little treat to have something new something different and to be back on thanksgiving night because what else are we going to do before black friday go stand in line i'm not standing in line i want to watch wrestling why well, well, i know weirdos like you are going to watch you know football on thanksgiving too but yeah during the day that shit ends by like seven o'clock because the night game usually sucks <laughs> <laughs> why is that can just say oh yeah because it's football that's why oh shut up Hey, I won a lot of money this weekend, so me being the degenerate gambler I am won a lot of money this weekend, so I'm happy with football right now. Well, good for you. I still think it's the most boring sport out there besides hockey. How could... Oh, my God. I don't even know you anymore. (laughs) You know I hate hockey. Hockey is the greatest sport known to man. You know I was pissed off when 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 you told me to listen to... um, Edge and Christian's show, and, and you didn't bother telling me that they, that they started every show talking about hockey for 10 fucking hours. The amount of hockey they talk about? <laughs> <laughs> That's part of why I like them so much. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm not a... Well, you gotta, first of all, I'm not from Minnesota, but, but secondly, yeah, I'm, I'm one of the few people that live in Minnesota that don't, that don't like hockey at all. I don't even know you anymore. Yes, you, my you, whole you knew, world has turned hockey. upside. No, I didn't. I, I thought you knew that. This is news. I, no, I knew you hated football, but come on, if you're going to call a sport boring, why not baseball? Because baseball is awesome. There's always something happening in baseball. Oh my god! I can't even continue this. I need to stop now. <laughs> this marriage is over. Anyway, uh, NWA Power. Good week? Oh, that's right. We do have to talk about that show, don't we? Yeah, it was great. I loved NWA Power this week. I thought it was the best week of the show so far. Um, I really enjoyed everything on it. Um, and um, I, I loved the I loved everything, the whole setup with, you know, um, all this, um, you know, putting that team together and... I don't know, I mean, I, all this is, is just really firing on all cylinders for me right now. I agree. I, I can't. And that, after that first week, I was a little annoyed because I didn't know how the retro feel was going to do. But we're now, what, four weeks in? And I love it. I absolutely love it. I love the fact that they're mixing heels and faces, and they don't care. You know, Cole Cabana, you, you never would have thought Cole Cabana and Nick Aldis would team together. But they did, and they worked really well together. And then you throw Ken Anderson there, you throw in uh, whatever Eli Drake's doing. It's like the thing with Eli Drake is he seems to come out there and pump everybody up. But I just feel like there's this underlying thing where he's doing this for his own good. You know, he's trying to get all this stuff in the works so that he can end up being the champion at some point. It just feels like he's underhanded. 
And then you had uh, Josephus and um, uh, uh, who the hell was it? Ricky Starks? No, it wasn't Ricky Starks. Oh, it was uh, Dick Mur- or, uh, Murdoch. Yeah, Trevor Murdoch. Which was a, a really good match. And then Aaron Stevens, I love the fact that he is back to his savior of the masses gimmick. But he's got a new twist on it. He's not out there spouting how intelligent he is. He's just out there kind of doing the MJF, I'm better than you thing, because I'm an actor. I, I just love his gimmick. I love the way he's working. And as much as we hated Ricky Starks, at NWA 70. I love this kid now. He's just fun to watch. I don't remember Ricky Starks at NWA 70, but I'll take your word for it. Remember how he came out and he cut that stupid promo about how great he is and how everybody needs to bow down to him, and even the announcers were like, ah, who is this kid? Oh, that and was both, that guy? Okay, yeah, yeah. I remember. Right. And now he's, now he's an actual, now that he's figured out his gimmick, I really like him a lot. A lot more than I thought I ever would. What I love so much about Aldo, you know, you know, we talked, we talked, uh, you and I talked the other night um, at your house um, about how great the Bret Hart gimmick was in the '90s with the Hart Foundation when you know he was a babyface everywhere but the United States, right? Oh, did um, I just lose you? Come on! Oh, there you are. No, I'm here. Well, you you cut out there, so I don't know what you said. Okay, so oh. you and I at your, at your house the other night, we feel right out. You know, I think I think it was like right after um, the show was over. We had we were talking about the Heart Foundation and about how great it was. You know, where the heart, where the hearts, uh, Brett especially was cheered everywhere in the world except for the, you know, the United States, where he was a where he was a heel. Right. And it seems like on NWA um, that. To this point, Nick Aldis is a babyface to everybody except for the except for Joe Galley. <laughs> right. Well, Joe Galley and pretty much the uh, announcers who try to put him over as a badass heel. Yeah. But when you watch when you watch his matches, the way that he put over Tim Storm, even after the match, I mean, th- if if he was a heel, the last thing he would do is go to Joe Galley and say, "Why are you taking away from Tim Storm's moment?" It would have been the exact opposite. He would have been like, no, this is on me. I beat him. You know, he has been, I, I want to say since the, not the anniversary show, but what was the one right after it with, what was the anniversary show? The NWA 70. Yeah. When he beat, when he beat Cody, he has ever since then, he's been a face character. His match against Cody sending or against uh, Marty Skrull sending uh, Camille to the back or to the back saying no, you're not going to interfere. Interfere. He had his matches on Ring of Honor and, and every match he's had in NWA, he has been a straight up face, but playing a heel character. It's really an entertaining way to look at him, and one of those things where I've kind of been telling you for the last couple of years, you need to watch this guy. He's good in the ring. He's starting to develop a very interesting character. He's becoming a must-watch champion. He is. I mean, I, I hate to admit that you were right about that, but uh, I, think, I think it's one of those things where, you know, you were ahead of the game because you'd always been a fan of his in TNA. And, and that's possible. Yeah. And, and I just, you know, had never been there, so I think you were ahead of the game in that sense because you were more willing to give him a chance than I was. 
Well, he's become such a complex character. He's not, he is really becoming that guy that you and I have been pushing for, for God, what, five years? How it should not be face versus heel. It should be, uh, you know, person versus person like it is in every other major sport. And the fact that he is able to pull off that with his whole, you know, you can't tell if he's holding Camille back or if he's not and, and him giving all this praise and everything to everybody else. It's really, really hard to get a grasp on whether he's a face or a heel. So I think it makes his character so much more compelling and one that I cannot wait from week to week to see what he's going to do. Right, because it's more compelling when you know a guy isn't a face or a heel, when he's actually just a, a normal person, and in some situations he's going he's gonna, to he's gonna do, you know, well, he's always going to do what's right for him, and in some situations that, may, that might make him out to be a terrible person, and other ones it's going make to him, make him out to be a great person. You know, just just depends on on you know who he's facing and what he's doing against that person at that particular time. Yeah. Yeah, just like everybody else in existence, you know. Right. Exactly. Like an exactly. like example. I mean, I mean, and and I, you know, I, you know, you and I talked today about how, you know, sometimes other opportunities come up in the world, and and you know, you have to, you have to, sometimes you have to take them, right? So it's like. You know, if, if, if a person were to leave a position, you know, then, then, he, then that person might be a heel to the company that, that's, that you know, that, um, that he's leaving. But, you know, obviously is, could become a big ass and, and, and a favorite of the company that he, you know, that he then joins. You know, it's, it's the same kind of situation right. where, you know, anywhere in life, anything you do... Could be could be cheered or booed just depending on, you know, perspective. Exactly, exactly, and and I love the way that Nick is portraying that kind of a character. I really do. Um, you've got and when especially when you've got everybody else on the roster really kind of setting the limits, except for those top guys. Those top guys are really clouded. Eli Drake is clouded. I don't know what the hell he's doing. We've known him as a heel for so long, and he pulls off that rock character so well that it's hard to see him being this guy who's out there pumping everybody up. James Storm has been another guy who's really, really clouded. And then you've got Aldis, who definitely is clouded. So it, it you know, you got the top level of these performers in NWA, and nobody knows where they're going. We don't know what Tim Storm's doing. Is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy? You know, we thought he was a good guy coming in, but he has really kind of gotten a dark side since he did his whole Mama Storm gimmick. You know, and then you've got you know other people on there like uh, Cole Cabana and Anderson. Yeah, they're Cole Cabana and Anderson together are a comedy team. But at the same time, we know from history that these guys can turn on a dime. And then also with the tag team division, you know, it's we, we know what King and Homicide are, are capable of. They're not really playing faces right now, but they're going up against two heel teams. Yeah, it, absolutely. It's, and, and, you know, I, I'm glad you mentioned um, James Storm because, you know, it, the, the very first week, he was up against Josephus, who pretty much everybody hates. And he was 
people right. out, of, out of Josephus, and we saw, and we actually saw him do that. I think two weeks in a row, where he, where he got a super kick and he got the better of Josephus. And now this week, you know, because he's gunning for a shot at the at the championship, you know, he's basically like kind of put into a heel role because he doesn't necessarily think that Cole Cabana deserves a shot at his championship, but he wants a shot right. at Aldous' championship. So again, here it is. It's a, it's a guy who's just trying to take his own opportunity, and and whether he's a heel or a babyface really doesn't matter. It's simply that, you know, these guys are com- complex characters. But then again, too, why is he taking that that shot? Why is he going above and beyond to get that shot at Aldous? It's not because it was forefront in his mind. It's because Eli Drake comes out and t- talks him into it. So now. Where are we sitting with Eli Drake? Is he manipulating these two for some reason? Is he trying to get a shot at either one of the titles? What is he doing? Why is he out there pushing James Storm so hard to go after the heavyweight title? It just feels like at any point Eli Drake could turn on him, but he's out there being that rah-rah guy, and he did it now, what, three weeks in a row? Well, I... I in my personal opinion, I think he wants Storm to challenge so that Storm loses and then the field is cleared for him. That's a po- you know, and that's and that's kind of what I'm getting at. Is he is he really out there for to be that rah rah guy, or is he got some manipulating thing in his in the back of his mind that's like, okay, this is what I'm going to do to get my shot. It's okay. one of those things. Go ahead. It's just one of those things where it's so in the open that it's hard to decide what the hell he is doing. Right. What I was going to say is we have into into the fire coming up in December, and I would be, you know, and you know we have not we have no idea what the main event is yet, but I'd be surprised if it doesn't turn out to be Eli Drake challenging for the NWA World Championship against Nick Aldis. Yeah, I'd be shocked if it wasn't either. I mean, it might, and even if it a triple threat match i mean maybe maybe uh cabana's already got the u.s the national title by then so it turns into a triple threat with storm and um drake challenging Aldous. not gonna lie i wouldn't be mad at that no i wouldn't either not at all and and that would be the that might be the turning point that would make me actually pay for this pay-per-view yeah i mean i think we're both on you know, and, and that's the thing is, like, you know, there's so much out there, and, and you know, I, I really wish, and I, and, I, and I know I said this before, and I don't want to sound like a broken record, but I really wish that, um, you know, AEW wasn't charging so much for their pay-per-views, because with all yeah. the stuff that's out there, you know, putting down 40 bucks for full gear, as good a show as, as it looks like it's going to be, is, is really tough, to, tough for me to justify. Did you see what the... Um Main event for next week on AEW is? This week? Yeah. Guevara and Jericho versus Omega and Page. Holy shit. No, I, I did not see that. Right? It just showed up on a on a commercial. And give it up to AEW for throwing commercials on Raw. <laughs> That's did, did awesome. Again? That's awesome. Yep. Yeah, they did. And they, they're promoting... Uh, Guevara and Jericho versus uh, Page and Omega. I cannot wait to see that match. That is going to be a hell of a match. Yeah, no kidding. Good stuff. Or great stuff, even. Great stuff. It's just great stuff. Yeah. 
be covering that live right here on LLP Radio. After the fact. Because we are that good. Because we are that good. (laughs) (laughs) That is how good we are. We'll cover it after it happens. How drunk are you right now? A little. (laughs) All right. So anything else on on, uh, NWA? Not really, no. You know, um, I, I will say you mentioned Trevor Murdoch, and you know he was a guy that I really <coughs> and, I, and I never thought got a, got the fair shot he deserved. And now he's now he's older and he's he's a bit out of shape. But I but I really hope that he gets you know more TV time and maybe gets himself in better shape and he's able to get that run that I thought he deserved back then. Trevor Murdoch was always out of shape. Yeah, but not the way he is now. It was always uh, Cade. What was his first name? Lance. Lance Lance Cade. It was always Lance Cade who was the guy who was the best of that tag team. Trevor Murdoch was always. Dude, are you? You got to be kidding me. According to the TV. Oh, okay. Murdoch was always the out of shape. Murdoch was always the out of shape guy who was riding, according to TV, Lance Cade's coattails. Now, I always felt like Murdoch was the better seller of the two. I felt like he was the better performer of the two. But it was a Cade, the guy that got... It, it was kind of... I'm trying to think of a good tag team to uh, draw back to. Um, where you had the one guy who was amazing. Maybe Demolition. Where Axe was... amazing a Demolition? Come on, Barry Horowitz was amazing. Barry Horowitz was not in. (laughs) (laughs) I may have had. Yeah, he was. He played Axe. (laughs) That was Bill Eady. (laughs) Who was the other guy then? Okay, now I'm pissed off. Now I'm I'm googling. I am googling. The other guy was Repo Man and uh, what what the hell? Um, I can't believe you just said Barry Horowitz was a devil. No, I'm trying to figure it out. Who th- there was Barry Ed and there was somebody no, else. Was I thought it was and Barry Darso, and then there was Crush later on. Okay, I'm pissed now. Because you're an idiot. Well, yeah. Okay. Come on, give me a break. I'm an idiot. <laughs> what do you expect? No, I th- oh, Horowitz. What the hell was Horowitz in? Now I'm upset. Horowitz was the I'm winner. Sad. Huh? Winner Barry Horowitz. Huh? Barry Horowitz was the guy that always patted himself behind the on the back. I know, I know. I'm just giving you shit at this okay. point. Who the hell was it? All right, I give up. I give up. I give up. We're almost out of time, so I give up. I have no idea who you're talking about. All right, so we're almost out of time yeah, with with the NWA stuff, but um, <laughs> impact. Well, before we get to Impact, because um, I, I do want to spend a little bit of time on the fact that this was the first Access show. But before we get to Impact, you told me to make sure I didn't let you forget about a um, a statement that was made by, uh, uh, I can't remember his name, the leader of Contra. Joseph Samael. About how Jacob Vatu was the best champion in the world. Right. Thoughts, because I kind of we kind of touched on a little bit on Saturday between you and I, but 
I want to know your thoughts after a couple of days of thinking about it. Honestly, I really didn't think about it again until I was watching Impact, so I think we should table that discussion until I have a little bit more time to think about it. But, I mean, it's, it's, it's really interesting because it also depends, like, where you, want to, where you want to take this to because what do you consider a world champion? I mean, and obviously I'm not going to put WWE in this discussion. No. Um, I mean, well, I, I, probably, I, I probably would have considered putting impact, putting in, uh, impact. No, I mean NXT in there until, you know, what happened on Friday night. But well, the fact that the fact that we have Brock Lesnar and Bray Wyatt as the two top champions. Now, Bray, entertainment wise, in ring wise, maybe, but he just doesn't have the complete package that some of these other guys have. I mean, if you're going to go in the ring, in the ring, just in the ring, to me it's a one and two between Okada and Fatu. And then I would probably, for number three, I would maybe go Adam Cole. And then if you look at overall champion, and this is just, and we'll give it another week to, to maybe think about it. It might change by then. But overall, as far as a performer, in-ring wrestler, you know, outside performer, there's nobody better than Jericho right now. Nobody. And then Callahan is probably a second. Fatu just doesn't have the on-the-mic presence that those two have. You know, and you look at guys like Roosh, you look at Okada, you look at um, uh, Walter, Adam Hole, and even Bray Wyatt. Now, I'm not even talking about Brock Lesnar. I can't stand that son bitch. But even Bray Wyatt, if Bray Wyatt is allowed to be the guy that he could be, he's easily in the discussion too. So it's really a lot more difficult than just saying, yeah, Jacob Fatu is the best. In the um, ring? I, 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 I'm going to disagree with, 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 that, this, with you on this, on this aspect. Um, I will never entertain anybody in WWE in this discussion. And that makes sense. And I get it. I truly do. Because that's not our forte. And as bad as they... And after the fucking match I saw in Saudi Arabia... I don't want to talk about them either. Um, and, and, uh, and the other thing I'm going to say is that as much as you enjoy Sammy Callahan and we're talking him up last year, I think that I, in, I think that I have a higher estimation of his in-ring ability than you do. Because I would never, cause I yeah. would never go, out here, go, go out there and say that Fatu is a better in-ring performer than Sammy Callahan. I just don't believe that to be the case. You don't think so? No. With the, way, with the moveset he has? No, I think Callahan is dynamic in the ring. I think Callahan is more of a character in the ring than he is a performer. I, I, I know you do, and that's what I'm saying is I is I completely disagree with that. I, I don't see I don't see, how you, I don't see how you could watch his match against Tess against Tess and his match against um, Cage and his match against um, well both matches against Cage I should say and, and his match against. Um, no, that that, that six-man tag earlier in the year, um, his matches against um, what the hell is his name? Now I'm trying to fucking draw a blank on it. Um, hmm? Pentagon, and and say that he's not a fantastic in-ring performer. I think he is a genius, 
with bringing his character into the ring. There is nobody on the planet right now that I would say is better than him as far, as far as bringing his character and who he portrays himself outside the ring into the ring. Nobody. Because you look at everybody across the board and not even just champions. Is there anybody that holds their character throughout every match? Or are they just out there trying to perform and be a good wrestler? And then they let their character shine after the match or before the match. Or it's never in be- in the middle of the match. Maybe Jay White could be about the only one. Or, and probably Naito are the only ones that really let their character shine throughout the match. And their character not their ability, their character. Um, you got to put ZSG in that mix, too. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you're right. You do. And MJF, too. MJF has had some really good care. And while Matt Taven, I guess, would be another one. But as far as, um, you know, outside of you know five or six people, Sammy Callahan is amazing bringing his character into the ring. But I just don't know how talented he is as far as that technical wrestler goes, as far as that storytelling without his character. I think he uses gimmicks so much that you don't, that you, that it's smokescreen that you miss how great he actually is as a wrestler. And that's a possibility. Yeah. I, I think there's that wrestlers it, that, um, you know, use that smokescreen because they're not a great wrestler. And I think because of, because of Callahan's character, the way it is, he just doesn't wrestle. He just doesn't use that technical style as much as he could, as much as he's capable of because of that character. Oh, don't get me wrong. But, I think but, Sammy is amazing. But but when I watch him, I I can see how amazing he is in that ring. Um, don't get me wrong. I think he has some amazing ability. I just don't think I've seen it to the full potential yet. And you mentioned Haven, so I'm also gonna gonna ask you. At the risk of breaking your heart, if you saw what happened to Taven. Yes, I did. Because he got punked by Vinny. I know, and I hate it. And the kingdom is dead. I know, I hate it. I really, really hate it. It made me cry. And I'm sad now that you brought that up. (laughs) (laughs) I can't finish the show, man. (laughs) Well... I think we're going to have to watch a little bit of ROH to, to, to watch that play out. because I know, I, I was, do. Because <laughs> I, I, was, I was completely amazed when I saw that on Twitter this weekend. Yeah, I saw it too, and I was like, shit, now i got to watch ROH. Yeah. Damn it, I don't have time for that. <laughs> Not going to make time. No, I saw that too, and I was like, oh, you got to be kidding me. As much as I, you know, and one of the running jokes we had in the beginning was some, my love for Marty Skrull. Um, and the fact that Ring of Honor has not been good lately, has really made it hard for me to love Marty Skrull. Mm-hmm. But this storyline with the kingdom, I need to watch what's going on. I have to. And I'm a little annoyed that Ring of Honor TV is so far behind. Yeah, but the good thing is that having Honor Club, we can watch those matches anytime we want to. Good point. Glad I paid for that again. You know, because they've recently, in the last, I don't know, six months or whatever, they've changed it so that um, Honor Club can watch their TV tapings live. 
And then have them available on band as well. Okay, okay. I'm into Ring of Honor again. That was my that was my biggest complaint about Ring of Honor is not the storytelling, not the the um, fact that the elite left, the fact that they were so far behind on Ring of Honor TV. Mm-hmm. If they're caught, if they're going to be, if I if I can watch it and keep up to date with the storyline, that might suck me back in. They've got some amazing talent there. Did you not realize they had done this? Because I, I swear I told you. No, I, and you probably did. I mean, I, dude, between my job and wrestling and children and I don't know what day it is. And Dixons. What day? Just, all right, let's hold up on that. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck day is it? I don't even know anymore. <laughs> it's still Monday. You're watching Monday Night Raw. It's obviously Monday. I have worked like 17 days in a row. I have no clue what day it is. All right, so we'll table that discussion for next week. Anything else you got? I think I'm good. All right, well, one thing I do need to do, and I, I'm, I'm sorry it took this long. I wanted to call it out in the beginning, but, you know, our Patreons, um, you know, you guys, thank you. Anyone that signs up with Patreon, you are helping us out because it's way too – not only for us to promote the show and not only for us to give you content that you can't find anywhere else because we post stuff to Patreon, we post nowhere. And I realize we're you know a month or so behind on things. We're hoping to rectify that this week. Um, we're hoping to get a couple of shows up. We got some change in the tiers that'll help people out. But you know, we've got a handful of subscribers, and you guys are helping us dearly to keep giving you the content you know kathy by far one of my favorite people not only on twitter but just on this planet there's conversations i have with her that um just make me happy ryan is one of the best um probably one of the best guys to help us find matches that we would normally not see this guy watches more wrestling than we do and that's a very tough, tough task. But Ryan, you're greatly appreciated. Kathy, of course. Um, we've got uh, Clifton, who is a new subscriber, um, someone I'm not sure about, but hit me up on Twitter. I would love to talk to you. We've got Jacob. We've got um, Byron. We've got, uh, looks like Ralph. Ralph? Really? There's people named Ralph now? Um, you know, guys, thank you. Thank you so much for uh, subscribing. Thank you so much for your donations. And it definitely does give us a little bit more on the back end to help produce this stuff. But check us out. You can donate to us. You can listen to live or you know, exclusive content on our Patreon page. That's patreon.com slash kingdom of honor. Um, also, check us out on YouTube. Make sure you hit the like on every video you see. Click every video you see and hit the subscribe button because all of that will help us out to get to where we can actually start doing maybe some live videos on YouTube. Um, whenever Shane and I get bored or just have something that comes out of nowhere, granted two shows a week, it's a little bit hard for that. But you never know. Sometimes we can throw up some videos there. That's YouTube.com slash Kingdom of Honor. Uh, there's also Twitter. Follow me at Reggie Co-op. Uh, you'll get... Not just wrestling talk, but I'm a 
degenerate gamblers. So there's football, there's basketball, there's hockey, there's baseball, there's all kinds of stuff on there. And Zanman, you can follow him at Zanman L O P. Uh, and use hashtag KOH and hashtag DAD for Dynamite After Dark to uh, follow us quicker. Uh, that's about all I got. And don't forget that now any LOP radio show about the next day or so goes up on the LOP YouTube channel as well. Um, Global Revolution is no longer uh, currently on hiatus, so but make sure you t- stay tuned to all the other LOP radio shows on Wednesday. Sports Entertainment is dead, and of course, like Jeff mentioned, we'll be back with you with Dynamite After Dark, Dark right after AW goes off the air Wednesday night with our instant reaction. On Thursday is LOP's uh, or MC LOP Radio Adventure on Friday, the right side of the pond, and then we'll be right back with you next Monday talk- talking about. Probably NWA Power, Impact, uh, maybe some NXT, MLW, MLW. you know, whatever we're, uh, whatever sparks our interest this weekend. Basically, we got some tag league going on. Now I got to get caught up in Ring of Honor. Damn it. Speaking of speaking of tag league and NWA, um, it's, it's now been announced that Jericho versus Tanahashi is set for January 5th. Tokyo Dome show number Really? Two. Yep. So, really? Really. Okay, that's going to be a good show. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> Too much wrestling to watch. <laughs> Enjoy it, guys. I, it, seriously, this is... We are in a time when wrestling is at the forefront. You know, we everybody loved the Attitude Era and all that, but if you think back, there were only three wrestling promotions. For the last what 15 16 years there's been one maybe two now we have so many wrestling promotions out there that it's hard to keep track enjoy the time that we are having right now because this is one of the time stuff absolutely and you know we're not when we say there's so much to watch we're not really complaining we're just wondering where the hell we're going to fit it in exactly Exactly. And, and you know, Jeff, I, I, I don't know if I mentioned this to you or not, but uh, I did mention it to, to Imp that I think it would be fun to, if we were able to do, like, back-to-back um, live aftershocks after the two days of Wrestle Kingdom. Oh, yeah, that'd be amazing. I'm in. Because I believe they're on Saturday and Sunday this year. So we could, like, so, I mean, it, it would be, like, a, a whole lot of vampire-type stuff where we're, <laughs> we're staying up and then sleeping during the day. But I think it would be a blast to do that. I'm fine with it. I'll take Monday off. I don't care. <laughs> it's January. I'm done with my busy season by then. And Imp is a guy that I really, truly love. He is amazing with his commentary, his just whatever he does. He's a guy that, you know, check him on a, on Twitter, you know, listen to a show on YouTube or on LOP radio. This is a guy that knows his stuff and is one of the few people on this planet that I will listen to and just absolutely adore what he does yeah he, he's uh he's really good and and so we, if we do like a three-man weave for those two shows i think it'd be awesome yeah i i would i'm definitely down for it especially now that my voice is back excellent you're so, waiting for me to talk weren't you you were no. waiting for me to say more <laughs> so, oh my god i Go for it. Yes, say goodbye. 
that's all we've got. We'll try to do better next time. This is Shane saying long days, pleasant nights, and Jeff saying goodbye. G1 Climax 27. Goodbye and good night.